Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Product Social, a podcast where we talk about interesting products, their history and their journey that can help in everyday product development. I am Shivendra Srivastava, product manager at Amazon, and I am Seema Bansal, product manager at Microsoft. Let's continue our discussion on what not to do when building products. Not having a product roadmap is a big no-no, right? I think almost every PM knows it. Let's talk about not fixating on that roadmap. Some teams write roadmaps to either never visit them or some actually treat them as the rule book of their product development. Yes, that's true. And in fact, there are product teams that have been writing roadmaps that isn't much socialized amongst the team and therefore product development is all over the place. But first, let's unpack. What's the goal of having a product roadmap in the first place? That's a good question, Seema. Like, I, I think a product roadmap defines the what and the why. Like, the problem is that many teams and PMs do not realize that the what and the why are evolving because of many factors, such as consumer behavior, competitive space, and technological advancements. That's true. As a product leader, it is important to revisit, re-evaluate your roadmap regularly to ensure that the what and the why are still relevant. Once upon a time, there used to be a phone company ending with a berry. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Now, seriously, what happened there? Because BlackBerry enjoyed immense success for some time. I think the company's mistakes were linked to having a lack of focus on developers. BlackBerry was investing in an operating system that no one was building applications for. Well, Seema, let me walk you down the path of history. Do you know that the company was actually known as Research in Motion? They were the ones who came up with BlackBerry as a phone. But before that, they invented a film editing system called DigiSync that saved film editors hours of the time that it took to convert the film to a, into usable production content. Research in Motion actually won an Academy Award in the technology section for their invention. And they also then went ahead and launched their first cell phone device, which we all know as BlackBerry in 2002. And soon they had 1 million subscribers in a very short time. So clearly, innovation was not their cause of failure then. Well, keep in mind, we are talking about the time when BlackBerry already had a significant market share in the mobile industry. But the smartphone industry landscape was changing quite rapidly. Apple had launched the first iPhone in 2007 that featured a bigger screen, much smoother UX, and a better phone altogether. Well, Seema, funny you talk about it. You know what BlackBerry did back then? They completely ignored Apple's new innovative iPhone. In fact, not just them, Microsoft's then CEO, Steve Ballmer, dismissed the touchscreen saying, there's no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. Really? I mean, BlackBerry, in fact, gave Apple almost a two-year head start by not releasing any touchscreen innovation. Then they released BlackBerry Storm phone, which had a bigger touchscreen, but still, their marketing was quite pretty much focused on the QWERTY keyboard phones, which were 
going out of fashion swiftly. On top of that, BlackBerry's App Store had very limited apps due to their restrictions, which meant fewer apps on the phone when compared to Apple and Android. Well, their biggest USB of being very secure was very soon overshadowed by a better user experience using iOS and Android. And that too, with added security, right? The openness of iOS and Android that allowed developers across the world being able to contribute to the ecosystem in the form of apps only helped propel Apple and Android to a large section of society, whereas BlackBerry was only focused on corporate and enterprise usage. Seems like BlackBerry got fixated on their product roadmap and did not even try to reevaluate their what and the why. They had a market share, they had a pretty good momentum of the consumer's attention as well. But then they did not change with the changing consumer space. And the rest is history of what BlackBerry's competitors have done. Right on point, point Seema. Adaptation to changing consumer needs is a key differentiator between a product that survives the test of time versus the one that succumbs and withers away. BlackBerry is a very good example and so is Nokia. I would almost say that you know user research is a continuous process and not something that you do at product inception and then forget about it. In today's ever-changing technological landscape, user preferences change quickly and very so often swiftly. But another good example is YouTube versus TikTok. Both are video streaming platforms, majorly consumed on smartphones. Did you know last year TikTok surpassed YouTube in average watch time? Well, granted YouTube is catching up with their version of shorts, but if I were to predict, they have a very competitive road ahead. In a way, we are seeing the same problem here too. TikTok was launched in the US in 2018 and YouTube shorts debuted first in India in September 2020. Clearly, there's a close two-year gap in realizing that shorts is the new form of video watching. Well, that also reminds me of wine. Do you know what happened to it? What, what happened? Well, they launched in 2012 and then shut down in 2016. It was just like TikTok. They grew quickly and by 2013, they had one of the largest user bases of about 100 million users. Twitter had bought them back in 2012. Well, what happened was Twitter's then CEO, Dick Costolo, announced that they're no longer interested in monetizing the platform. Well, Akka, if you're creating content, then you, you're doing that without any returns? That probably was a nail in the coffin. And soon, because of other mistakes, either by the parent company, Twitter, or the team of Wine itself, it caused the ultimate downfall and then further shutdown of a really good app. Hmm, what we're gravitating towards is that when a product or any feature is launched or introduced without properly validating the needs and wants of the customers, it is almost like you're trying to solve a problem that does not even exist or not even quite evident to the target audience. So it might head towards failure. Let's also try and define product failure. It is basically a product's inability to establish itself and persist in the market. There are many examples of products or features that look great on the roadmap or the vision board. So on paper, they look pretty promising that they are actually going to get established 
and in actuality fail to satisfy the expectations of the customers. Do you remember that Wi-Fi enabled juicer, which was getting a lot of attention from investors? There was no market fit. It was such an unnecessary kitchen gadget. Not only that, instead of solving a customer problem of making juice, they added another step in which you had to buy a juicer which would extract juice from already made juice. Well, I think they would have been better placed just as a fresh juice company that could deliver fresh juice as and when you wanted. In order to differentiate themselves and from others, they took the approach of selling a juicer that was not only not necessary, but also looked like a scam. So this company had a roadmap, but was it validated? No. One more aspect of being stuck in a roadmap that can be quite dangerous is not leaving the room to innovate with engineering teams. Often engineering teams make recommendations to the product teams about new emerging tech or improving an operational performance or resilience or maybe the security posture. For sure, adopting any new technology is quite expensive, resource heavy also. And for the product team, it may not look convenient because it's not on the roadmap. So as a PM, you may think, hey, there is no big change in the UX. So why are we even doing this? Customers may not even notice. For example, there may be a new tool that can reduce operational cost for the developers, or there is a new network protocol that the industry is adopting. In that moment, do not let the singular thought of features limit your product team. Participate in that analysis with your engineering team. Let your product breathe and evolve with the technology. In that moment, Think of what your product could become. Well, in summary, do not be fixated on a pro product roadmap that is not evolving. A roadmap that is not being revisited is not a roadmap. Reevaluate the what and the why continuously by investing in user research and also by having the engineering team partner with you in every step of the process. Well, that also brings us to today's conclusion. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Like, share and subscribe to our podcast and reach out to us if you're interested in talking about product management.